a tap of the morning and a happy Friday to you on this St. Patty's weekend. So today is the Friday before the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, so I'm not really going to have another episode between now and then. And if you're like me, St. Patrick's Day really means not much anymore because you don't like go to bars, drink green beer and slam it hard for like a bunch of you know, scheduling and financial reasons and health reasons. You know what? It's fun. Not even, uh, I want to say not three years ago, I went out with my group of friends or a few guys, and we I met up with my wife and her uh, group of some girls, and we had a good time. You green beer, and you get green, like, Mardi Gras beads. and I mean, the pinching goes to where you want it to go. You can pinch some people. You can, you know, be safe out there. Be consensual with your pinching. Um... It's like an India holly or holy. I don't, I don't assume to have a very strong pronunciation grasp of the Hindi languages, but uh, it's a holiday where it looks really fun. They throw like colored powder at each other, but apparently it gets like wicked rapey because like you're allowed to do it to anybody anywhere. And then like in the joyous sort of, I don't know, I don't want to call it like a, a Bacchus inspired perverse orgy, but it certainly becomes like a color powder tornado of touching and tackling, and uh, yeah, I was listening to some first-hand accounts and like some stuff on Vice. My brother actually just got back from living in India. He hasn't told me any of this, but um, another friend had lived in India, and she told us that she would sequestered at her university at the time. Like, all the girls were not allowed to go out, just because like, yeah, you know, in a small town or whatever, like everyone's fun, and they're throwing powder, and it's whatever, but like get, you know, in the city and it's like thirsty dudes like throwing powder at women and dragging them into back. I don't know. I don't know. I imagine it's like, I don't think it's like condensed weaponized roofie powder. You know, it's, it's just, it looks like a crushed up bath bomb kind of, but, and then you see like, they've got these big earthenware vessels of all the powders at the market, which are kind of cool. I don't know. It seems like a fun thing. Like, I would have fun. I, I, I have a hard time picturing myself going to India only because my brother and my cousin went and both of them got very ill. And uh, I, <laughs> like, I'm just not down to get sick. And they're all like, yeah, you go, you get sick, and you get over it. And it's like, no bueno. I was, uh, every time I get, like, the stomach flu, I wish I was dead. It's, like, the worst thing ever. I love to eat. I have that very uh, Ogre Kingdom mentality of, like, the gut is the center of my power and energy. I think the Chinese also, uh, in sort of Chinese medicine and spirituality, they believe that. But I, of course, would akin, would liken it more to uh, the ogre kingdoms of the Games Workshop fame. Uh, now they're part of the Alliance of Destruction, ogre kingdoms and orcs. And then they chose to, like, split them off. And so orcs, this fantasy side note, orcs used to be orcs and goblins, and it lets you, like, feel giants and trolls and goblins, night goblins, squigs boars, wolves, all that shit under one banner, and then it's like, we need to fill some ranks, so it's like, trolls are their own army, yeah, yeah, so are giants, and uh, it's like, you're not fooling anyone. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, how do we get to Holly? This is really interesting, I guess, and you'll be able to listen to this recording later, and you can, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, it, it was a lot of fun, it was a a good-natured time, St. Patty's Day. You, I worked at a bar, the problem, if early on in my life, when I was, I think, 
18 or 19. I don't think I was even like technically provincially allowed to be near alcohol, but I was working at a bar and I wound up working like as a bouncer because it was mostly ladies that worked at the bar and I, I had sort of become large early on and it sucks, man. When you see the other side of holidays or of productions or anything like that, it really cracks that mirror for you. It breaks the glass and it casts a, a, a an irreversible truth where I saw, you know, up till 11 o'clock at night, it's a good time. And then you see women getting harassed and kind of maybe touched or getting unwanted attention. You see guys that have, like, drunk too much fighting with each other and saying some, like, really awful shit. You see the kind of, like, homeless and, and junky people that are just looking for somewhere to, like, get wasted and, like, kind of exacerbate their situation because, like, the calamity of all of it and the sort of, I don't know, the bacchanalia of, of everything draws them in and they're like, oh, yeah, man, like, let's, I'm already fucking high. Let's, let's, let's fucking party. And then, because at the bar, at a lot of places for St. Patrick's Day, like, for UFC fights, for St. Patty's Day, you, you don't necessarily have uh, assigned seating strictly as you would in a, at a restaurant or a bar and grill or even some bars. You have just a lot of people that can float in and out. And as the bouncer, you're trying to control that flow at the door because it's hard to control once they get inside. But again, it, that's even hard to do. You have Back then, it was just me because we had two people, but one of them was going in and out on shifts and stuff and doing things. So like, talking to one person other people sneak in can I just use your bathroom and like no and then like sneaks in and asks the hostess and you know like it's just a lot of places have gotten better about it but this wasn't like a TGIF where like there's a corporate budget this was a small uh, this was like a family owned um, anyway St. Patrick's Day if you're out you're going to enjoy it well, you want to Irish yourself up for the weekend. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not going to buy into any of this sort of social justice controversy that it's offensive or that it. I don't know. Demonizes or compartmentalizes Irish culture and paints it as a stereotype and pretends that it's all neatly tucked into the three things of drinking: green clovers and leprechaun. I don't get it. I'm not Irish. I don't have any Irish heritage. In fact, I'm Scottish, which I mean, we, we will tell you are the furthest two things apart, but they're really quite similar. I just think that they're a little meaner and fightier and scarier because they're like having a war. And I think we were historically meaner. <laughs> we were meaner. We were meaner, fightier and, and drinkier historically, but then like we modernized and like, yeah, I think it didn't really work out so well for them because of the division between Catholicism, and I'm not even going to get into, like, speculating on this because it's a super complicated affair. I was, I was honestly reading a ton about it last night, the IRA, and I don't even, I, I can't even really take sides in it. It's two very valid points. It's two people that just want to live their lives separately and either one affiliated sort of unified Ireland or a unified United Kingdom it's tough. Honestly, I think I was reading that it was something like 30, 30 something percent of the people that have died have just been innocents or casualties of, of this conflict. Like, it's just a war that's just been, I don't know. I think uh, Ireland's neat. 
I'm not going to put anybody down. Ireland's got some pretty awesome stuff. One of my best friends, Pat's from Ireland. He's, well, the Irish heritage, but he's always been, you know, someone who's in touch with the culture and, he, you know, he knows, like, Irish stuff and some Irish recipes. And he would celebrate St. Paddy's. I went out drinking with him a couple of years ago on St. Paddy's. And true to his, true to represent his, his people and his ancestors, he will get a, a tall Guinness and be happy with it. So, respect. Uh, if you want to go out and wear green and drink yourself stupid, there's nothing wrong with that. I think anyone that tells you that's culturally insensitive is an asshole. Um, maybe don't pinch people, though, that don't want to be pinched. I've, like, as someone who worked, worked at a bar and I've worked at a restaurant and uh, just as a patron at St. Patty's Evenings through my life, I've seen dudes pinch women in the ass, the tits, the ear. Uh, I've seen women do it, don't get me wrong. I've seen, like, kind of aggressive -y, I'm going to use the word butch. Women do it. Um, but whether it's flirty or not, you know, the, your life's not a rom-com. Very likely it's not two people seeing eye to eye about things nowadays. And if it is, it's adorable, and I hope it works out, and you can go home and give each other a, um, an Alberta snowstorm, which is, uh, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I made that up as a term that you can do with somebody, but... Feel free to check that out. I'm sure that's something. But if it involves cocaine, don't do it, as that seems like what most snow things are. And I learned that this week, too. Not from doing it, just from Vice documentaries. But, uh, yeah, happy St. Patty's. <laughs> Definition of uh, derailed thought process is the first half of, of this episode. I wanted to take a minute to pat myself on the back and tell you guys that I got the quiet space as requested, so hang on a second. <clears throat> All right, that was a chance for you guys to enjoy the fact that there is no background turbine noise, and also I wanted to have a sip of my coffee near my throat there. This is a very in-depth podcast. I had some uh, discussions about it actually this week. Uh, Last week, you'll see in the, the episode bio, it was talking about how my wife was like, oh, how many episodes? Like, maybe I'll check it out again. Like, maybe like seven or eight. And I'm like, yeah, I think the one I just posted is like 45. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? It was like the Marissa Tomei at the end of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, like when she sees him with the suit. Like, what the fuck? And then roll the, the rock song. Uh, yeah, so I was explaining that I realize I, I love ASMR. I mean, sometimes uh, very, very late in the day at work when I'm already kind of burning out and really I don't have the energy and we're half an hour away, it helps me kind of unwind and relax to listen to it for some reason. But the most predominant, since I was, like, so young, like my first laptop in my room at night, like I would be watching... Um, this was before ASMR was like a tag that you would see in all the videos, and this is before it was like an established network. Well, you'd watch just like massage videos where you could find it, and like, remember Massage Nerd or something was, was a big channel I followed. Um, yeah, and then people like Gentle Whispering, who was just a gem, this is this Russian lady, who, or I'm assuming from the accent, who, who understood it. She got it, man. She knew right away what people wanted to hear, and it's like this very soft. She does different, like, so fucking blew my mind. She does different like levels of accents in different videos. It's, it's like mild Russian, and it's like, how are you doing today? And it's like extremely Russian. Like I will give you the massage now. And so like it's hilarious. Obviously hers are all like 
wonderful and, and sen- you know, relaxing and sensual and stuff. And I'm just saying, like, there is a difference. That's what I'm trying to show. No one would listen to what I just did. Um, she had a towel folding episode that I can't even fucking count. If I had a nickel for every time I watched it, I'd have probably like a dollar fifty or something. It's a lot. <laughs> So, I watched it a ton. Uh, I realized it's very subjective ASMR, and and when I describe it to people, what I always refer to first, and I always draw the parallel of, when you get your hair cut, do you not feel relaxed? Everyone's like, oh yeah, it's relaxing. I'm like, okay, well, you know, the different steps of it and the different individual things what about it? And people always say that. And I'm like, okay, if I showed you a video of it and like, like, what would your response be? And some people are like, I don't know, it's boring or whatever. And some people are like, yeah, it's relaxing. It's like, boom, if you find it relaxing in the slightest, then like go explore the ASMR network and find your, your tingle, your niche. The tingle is, if, if anyone's unfamiliar, it's like the feeling, the cerebral trickling feeling that you get in the back of the top of your head-ish area. It almost makes me think of in... I forget what Harry Potter it is. I think it's Lord of the Phoenix, where they're talking about performing a spell or like a shape shift something. I don't know. Somebody taps Harry on the top of the head and it's, he says it's like somebody broke a cold yoke and it triggered... Like, the way she describes it is very akin to that, but... Um, yeah. It's relaxing. So, I don't find a lot of male ASMR stuff relaxing personally. For me, it has to be women. Um, I don't know why. It's not a sex thing. It's not an like when I watch it. It's not a sex vibe. It's completely the opposite. Because, not just like these are obviously most of the people that do it are like obviously they're they're nice looking and no offense to anybody they're all great and fantastic at their jobs. But it's like I'm there to like chill and relax the fuck out. I'm not there to like oh yeah. <laughs> no 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 God like. <laughs> Randy, Randy Savage. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't even think I'm sick necessarily. I think I've just been, I walk like two to three kilometers a day outside just because where I work is like really inhospitable for people commuting. But it's the government, so I mean, it's not like, it's, you know, I'm not going to complain. Uh, <laughs> so it's freezing outside and. I'm pretty sure, like, the increased activity in sub-zero temperatures is a fun time for my respiratory system. But that aside, uh, I had a fun fun night last night. Fun light, nast light. See, my podcast is superior in only the way that you get a genuine look at the process. It's like other people like cut that shit out and they look at the audio track and see where the spite and they do that like, no, this is like, you know, I'm a human being. I talk to you guys with respect. <laughs> this was a fun time last night. I was seeing a movie. A best friend, Jeff. My wife. I mean, nameless. She might be a guest on the show next, though. Don't they know if I deliver on that? Only time will tell. So I went to the movie theater, sitting in Queensway's near my house. It's like a super theater kind of place that we have in Ontario, Toronto as well. You get large cinemas, you know, like 20, 35, the most, 
average maybe 20 theatres. And you'll go there, and it's quite an experience. It's always the same, which is absolutely... It's phenomenal. It's so lovely. It's such a lovely time when you go there. It's resonant since I've been a wee lad. The same time, same place. Well, it's not necessarily true. It's not the same time in the same place because that's what makes it special. What I'm trying to say is that when you go to a Cineplex, um, it, we have them in Toronto, I know in Ontario, and further than that, I just haven't looked. I'm sure it's out there, maybe even in the States. It's an amazing theater experience. Like, they get the cutting-edge technology that's out of Hollywood, and, like, Toronto's, you know, Canada's most forward city, so we, we try to be competitive that way. So you're getting this amazing experience. You're getting to see, like, blockbuster movies. And as, like, a cinephile, growing up, this has been my thing. Every Sunday, I would go with my parents, and then when they stopped taking me, I would go myself. And then when I made friends, I would go with my friend Pierce or Jeff. And then, like, growing up, movies and Cineplex were synonymous, and they were everything to me. And when you go to the different locations, they all replicate the, the feeling and the, the layout, and it's wonderful. And I was... The ones that are more in the peripheries and out in the boonies uh, tend to be a little bigger and then they can do more things and field more things and that's where you a little bit move away from the feeling of it and obviously the Scotiabank Theatre in downtown Toronto is, is like my spiritual happy place like in, in Bleach when they go into like their minds or their souls and it like this unique sort of cityscape or realmscape that it looks like takes their form like mine would just be a very enlarged version of the Scotiabank Theatre and <laughs> John and Richmond I've, I've been there for every major movie preview or uh, release I've ever wanted to see. Some some previews as well, yeah, birthday parties throughout the years since I was a kid, <sighs> middle school, high school, university, adulthoodness, adultedness, adult. No, that's not there. Right um, so I was out with uh, my buddy and my wife to see Captain Marvel. I promised. I would deliver on this. I'm going to try to post it today, which would be, like, phenomenal. And uh, hopefully I'm finished my other stuff that is my actual job before I can post this. But I'm going to try. And this wasn't a, a session of, of incoherent rambling, and I did not come here to waste your time. Patience is a virtue. It is something important to master. Patience helps you concentrate and focus with or without reward. Now, I'm not going to do the Captain America stalling for no reason thing. The reason that I took so long to, to get to my review of Captain Marvel is because I wanted to give you guys thoughts of, like, cohesive and upbeat and neutral, non-conflict starting content before I reveal my opinion. Um... I did not like the movie. <laughs> just I feel like out of nowhere, like a Kool-Aid man's gonna come through the just I'm gonna say right away, because I hope in in no way, shape, or form will Brie Larson ever listen to this, but I really hope she does, because I think she's fantastic. I think to come in this fucking late in what is like the Marvel soap opera of eleven, twelve years. To come in at this point and throw yourself at the wall and stick in the grand scheme of things is impressive. And she fits in and she's quippy and she'll fit in alongside the dudes. And I'm not worried about that. She's doing great. And fuck, man, 
the only time I liked that character in the comics was in the sort of like was it Bronze Age, like 2000s run where she had like the black sexy one piece swimsuit with the red sash. And I liked that for the wrong reasons, man. So Captain Marvel, I got nothing to or for. But seeing that outfit, the uniform looks super cool. And it does not look super cool in a uh, thirsty kind of way. It looks cool and good for her. That's not my beef. I need to specify that. I need that. Like, it is on record that Elliot has said it is not because she is a woman. Wait, it's because she's a woman. It's not. It's really not. Um, women can be superheroes. Women can be all that. Women can be Avengers. Um, I Since movie one, I wanted to see a Black Widow movie. I wanted it less after um, Age of Ultron. Avengers original. Everyone says it's Avengers Assemble or something. Everyone gives it like a subtitle now, but like I was alive then. I have the ticket stuff. It was just the fucking Avengers. Don't don't do that. Don't new hope it. It's too it's too young. It's too early. Too soon. Uh, in the first one, she raises a lot of interesting uh, backstory suspicions and, and questions and arousal of interest. I would say, among other things. And then Age of Ultron, you just got her kind of horn around. Like, she slept with the Hulk, and she's flirted with the Cap. And he, which she would have just been a nod to had he not been like, I've seen it up close. And, like, it's a PG, PG movie, I think. PG-ish movie. Uh, Winter, or Winter Soldier, yeah, but they fuck. Come on. Come on, they fuck. 100%. Not just in the 17 fan fictions I wrote for them, either. Um... That's a deep fake video I would pay to have made, so that's out there for someone who's good at editing. Um, Captain Marvel was, at its worst, really boring. That's all I gotta say. Um, Kevin Feige, you, you're a genius. You've created, constructed is, is the amalgam of created and constructed. You've constructed this fantastic spanning network of, of movies, and this one is like a adrenaline shot in that it absolutely like surges all the blood to everywhere that it needs to go, but it does not do anything important. It does not move the universe forward. It it just like oh yes, well Jimon Hansu and that's where he came from. And oh, you were wondering about Ronan, well his, his backstory and uh, how did Nick Fury get the? T- yeah, that's how that yeah. And uh, you were wondering the Pegasus facility like that. That's the same one. Yeah yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, big one. Everyone's been wondering, where's Captain Marvel been? Yeah, in space. Yeah. Oh, you're one? No, she's in space. But the, the thing that calls her back, yeah, it, it's called her back from space. I wanted to... I, I just wished you could feel how, like, crushingly silent I was trying to make it in the room, but I don't know if it translates into the recording. Um... This movie was bad because it was so inorganic. It was so done with the intention of hitting these boxes and making these checks. And, okay, we got to introduce Captain Marvel as the obvious one. But what's her backstory? Like, well, she doesn't even know it. It's this patchwork of she was from Earth and she was this super pilot in this Top Gun story that's very Hal Jordan that doesn't really seem very interesting. What's interesting is that she might be from this other world. But... All of that is in the trailers. All of it. All of this information is in the trailer. I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It just, it's, it, I don't know what I should do. I don't know what I, I paid for to see a movie. I feel like I paid to see a trailer. 
They show me anything new? No. Nothing new. That's what they do. It's kind of Yogi Bear after a while. But there was really nothing new. There was nothing that was revolutionary or nothing that moved forward the cart of the MCU. You told me the story of how Nick Fury lost his eye, which... Okay, for the sake of the movie, in the, the sense of the movie, it was enjoyable, and it was funny, and it's cute. But it's another thing that like didn't need an explanation, and in fact, it kind of takes away from it when he shows him in Winter Soldier, and he kind of implies it's because he trusted someone once. It's like, you obviously didn't know what you were going to do, so why'd you go for that? Now it just looks stupid. Just like there's, there's no fucking way Nick Fury knew what the Tesseract was because when he sees it in the Avengers, there's no way he knows what it is. And that's not planned. The only one that I believe is Ronan. But I just also don't believe that in, in the time bef- from when we see him to then is the black eyes and the massive ship. I just, I, I don't know. It just... This one feels like it was specifically made to, like, fondle all available movies and shake them into like the zeitgeist as much as possible but again great she's there she's bad in space and now we know she's coming back in the next movie and how do we know because we got a two minute slice of a scene just like at the end of Winter Soldier when you get that two minute slice of um, Bucky's arm trapped in that metal machinery and Cap and Falcon are like do you remember stuff? And he's like, I only remember plums. That's not what he said. But it's it's that. It's like, oh, great, tantalized. Now we have this interest. And it's like, yeah, because we know she's going to be there. How's that a, like, I don't know. Nick Fury was cool, but completely unnecessary. Um I would have taken a much cooler Sam Jackson movie if Sam Jackson was going to be a huge part in it. The Nick Fury that we got in Winter Soldier, I'm going to talk about Winter Soldier a lot. Firstly, to me, it ranks as either like in the top three or four of of the movies in general because it's one of the best. Whereas this ranks as probably one or first, second, or third of the worst, Captain Marvel. But the Nick Fury that you get in Winter Soldier is a badass. And if I was going to get a movie that was like 40% Nick Fury as a supporting character, I want him to be able to do shit. Because this movie, not to be that... Like, I am not critiquing this on anything other than the merits of a movie. But it's hard not to get around the one and only character in it that's a guy that is not only a guy, but it's Nick Fury. is like so neutered and he fucking does nothing. And he's just like the liaison for a cat and some ladies and he's even literally told by a scanner that he has no threat value speaking of the choice to make a only sort of female like 90s R&B music weird choice weird choice because for the tempo and the, the pace of the movie that's not really the <laughs> the score you want to choose but also it feels so forced and if you're going to have a story that is just the love child of Top Gun and, and the Green Lantern story, do something original. I don't know. And I hear all these people like, it is original. They were lesbians. They're like, she's her long lost love. Like, maybe she is. I don't really believe it. I don't really think that. I think you can love a best friend in a separate way than you would love a lover. Like, I love my best friend. It's not the same way I love my wife. It's like obviously very different. It's just the same way you can love your parents differently than your spouse. So... I think people watching it, I mean, as much as I make the, the joke and I make the uh, naked danger room fight joke, I think uh, Cap and Tony love each other in a platonic bro 
like, ultimate respect brother way, not a lover way, because clearly, like, you can have fraternal relationships like that. So I think that they're just best friends. I think, uh, I don't even remember her best friend, but I think she's a little bit unimportant. They give her this, like, Easter egg where her middle name is Photon, and it's like, I swear to God, if she shows up as, like, some fucking roadie in this, we don't need it. Uh, we don't need her kid to show up as the next Captain Marvel. We don't. We don't need it. The worst part is is Wonder Woman is one of the best movies I've seen. Just fucking period. I've seen. It is by a, an extremely talented woman. It is at a cast of extremely talented women. And Gal Gadot is bae. I mean, there's just no way around it. She's just wonderful. She's perfect in the role. She's perfect as, like, fierce Wonder Woman warrior and fierce... Not fierce... Like, she's always on... She's always sharp. But, I mean, like, when she's sort of, like, her disguised uh, Diane Prince uh, wide-eyed fish out of water. Like, it's all fantastic. Uh, but that's an amazing movie, and it just shows you how talented on and off-the-screen women are, and it's such a, a powerful movie and such a strong hero for girls. And all of that is is kind of true for Captain Marvel, except the, 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 it's all flash and no substance. It hits it. It just yes, it is a role model for girls, and it's progressive, and it's all female. But it it just feels forced, and it doesn't come out as good. And you know what? Nothing wrong with that. But I'm starting to feel. For the first time, I came home from a Marvel movie, and I was like, "Wow, all right." I didn't need to like talk about it at length. I didn't. That's not me, I think there's this sort of consensus that there's a little bit of this Marvel fatigue setting in, and obviously I'm not going to, I dare not commit heresy by saying that Endgame will be anything other than perfect and tremendous and the defining cinematic moment of a couple decades, but that will be so amazing because it's the conclusion of what we've been building up to, and it's the icing of a of a cake. It, it's a two-part movie. And like Deathly Hallows, Hunger Games. I mean, if you put your finale in two parts, the finale of the finale is always the the biggest bang, and that's where the icing, you know? So Endgame's gonna be amazing. No question, no worry. But this made me a little worried for the future of Marvel. We're gonna have a lot of these movies that are trying to bring in new characters and boot new characters and make diverse stories, and it's like Maybe some of it doesn't work anymore. Maybe it only worked with the big, the big dogs. Maybe it only worked with ScarJo and Chris and Chris and um, Mark and Jeremy. I wanted to include them. You know what I mean? It, it, you can separate them. It, you can have a movie like Thor Ragnarok where you just have the Hulk and Thor and it works because you introduce new characters in equal parts. You have Meek and you have uh, Doug. What's his name? Wait, wait. I keep thinking of the dog from Up. But the guy that Taika Waititi is who's like the funniest part of the entire movie. So you have him and Meek and, and the Valkyrie lady and Loki who's familiar, I guess, alongside Thor and the Hulk. And then you can have Spider-Man who is lovable on his own, but with Iron Man, so we know he's an Avenger, and there's that familiarity there, and the similarity, and uh, we see Happy Hogan, and but Marvel was new, and the Nick Fury we saw wasn't, you know, and we're going to get to a point where 
the familiar character is Captain Marvel, and she's bringing on, like, I don't know, say, like, 17-year-old Storm from the recent Fox buyover, and, like, there's just going to be a time where we don't recognize any of the people in it, and they're going to try and take it in cool directions, and it's just, I think some of the lightning in a bottle that they had will end with Endgame, and I think that it'll be, like, we will look back in 20 years as it just, it wasn't the same. It was, it was the prequels, I dare say it. And I love the fucking prequels, don't get me started. Go back and watch, uh, sorry, Jeff, Attack of the Clones is dope, or some, some other episode that I have early on. I absolutely enjoy the prequels, sometimes more than the originals. Attack the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. I make the argument Attack the Clones is the most important Star Wars movie because it sets up the largest plot devices, no question. It, it gives the clone army to the Jedi and to the Republic, which becomes the basis of the Stormtroopers, which becomes the basis of the First Order troopers, and none of that. You know, you can't have any kind of political, galactic or otherwise agenda without an army to back it up. Without the army, none of that would happen. You also have the Jedi assembled as an army for the first and only time, which is badass and kind of the best thing ever. Um, you have a cute fist, Like the Nemoidian Jedi with the head tentacles who's like, I don't know, he's just so dope. I love him so much. I don't know why. Agent Kolar and Ki Mundi, or in his native language, Penis Head. It's from Megito. <laughs> um... You can Wikipedia fact check me on that stuff, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, the prequels were divisive because you had everyone who was diehard about Star Wars who would see anything with the title and the, the, that opening fanfare and text scroll. Those people that would show up, that, that 60%, showed up to the prequels, no questions asked. But they lost 40% of the people because 40% were like, this ain't my, my Han, Leia, and Chewie. And that's what we're going to get. The, the, you're going to get, like, I'll stay on board. I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm in it. I own most of them. I've, I've watched all of these on their opening weekends. Um, yeah, literally, all of them, no question. The only, I think in recent memory, the only one that I didn't catch in theaters at all was Venom, but that's not even part of it. Um, yeah, I think, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I strongly think we're going to look back in, in 20 years, in 10 years, when it's been 20 years, and, like, see that market turning point after Endgame, where it was like, they kept making them, and the diehards kept showing up, but it was like, it didn't capture the global imagination. Like, you had news stations, you had, like, everyone from teachers to truckers, from, like, dentists to chefs, you had people like, oh, man, did you see it? The snap, right? Like, oh, don't, no spoilers. Like, the news were like, oh, man, stabbed over spoilers, and, like, there was <laughs> hand to God a story in, like, I think it was, like, Missouri or something, like, man stabbed in local cinema theater after, when exiting, he revealed details about the film, and then it was like this thing. Yeah, he was leaving, and then he was talking about Thanos and what he did in the movie, and then this man stabbed him out of nowhere. And it was, like, the funniest thing I'd ever seen, but on a deep, primal level. I'm like, good, good, good job stabbing him. Let him not spoil for anyone any longer. <laughs> I like when the story started. It was, like, an old time. You're like, man, stabbed, eh? Local man assaulted. Oh, actually, I, I'm going to read in, in, in that voice the best headline, which is a real story I looked into, but um, 
man travels 57 kilometers to stab gentlemen who did not post the link. For pornography, he sent a screenshot of... Back to you, Jason. I don't know who Jason is. He works in the screen room. But uh, there was a dude who posted online. And if you're any kind of like message board person, source or sauce, like, give me the sauce. It's like you sent a picture of, of like, let's say, an attractive lady or like a, a game or something or a movie. And it's like sauce or source. Like, just how do I find this? What is it? There's nothing more infuriating than like, here's this perfect picture of whatever you're looking for or whatever that may be. It's like, it's amazing. What is it? Where is it? Like, disappears. OP is logged off. So, 1,000%, I, I mean, I did as much researching and debunking as I could, but I'm not sure if the, I definitely fucked up the name of where it took place, but yeah, there was a man who posted, like, a picture or a video or something of, of some sort of, like, really dice, really just tight butthole porn. <laughs> I say that in the workaholics, um term of praise, not necessarily the content of the porn, but it very well may have been that, but he posts this, and this guy is like, yo, give me the source, where's the sauce? And apparently he sent like a few more messages. <laughs> and the player's like, alright, fuck it. You're gonna die. <laughs> Just travels like 20 to 30, I don't remember exactly, it was 20 to 30 kilometers pretty much through the woods. <laughs> he stabs this guy. And it's not even fatal. It's like, I'm so fucking mad. I'm going to walk 30K and stab you and then leave. Um, yeah, so I, I guess the takeaway is if you're going to post something, post the sauce. Post the sauce. Um, yeah, Captain Marvel was... Eh, it's tough because I didn't hate it. It, it was like, this movie is fucking awful. I'm walking out. It did feel long by the end of it, and it definitely felt uh, not as exciting as any Marvel movie I've seen. Because at least when it's low stakes, like Ant-Man and stuff, it's funny, and this one felt low stakes, but wasn't funny, but was in fact high stakes. We just, like, oh, Ronan showed up at the end, like, with a armada and a barrage of continent-destroying missiles pointed at Earth, and it's like, well, we fucking know he doesn't destroy Earth, because this is in the past, so... Low stakes bingo, Grandma. Uh, I mean, you gotta check it out because you need to see this week's episode of the Marvel Show, and you need to be caught up. So I mean, go for it. It's not a bad watch. It's pretty good, especially like if if you, for younger kids. I'm kind of sensing this one is pointed towards, despite all the like '90s nostalgia references. Like I get it. It's a Street Fighter II arcade game. Like, very cool. So, you know, go see it, fill yourself in. But to be honest, you could wait till it's on Blu-ray. There's, like, there's nothing urgent. Nobody will spoil anything for you. Chances are you're not, like, a Captain Marvel fan historically. So if you're actually sitting there trying to, like, juggle your life and decide when to see this one, you could probably just see this on, on Blu-ray. But it's watchable enough. But sadly ranks very, very low on the Marvel list, I would say. I was trying to figure this out with, with Jeff afterwards. I'm going to say probably second worst at the, at the very least because Thor the Dark World is the worst followed by this. But from there, it was really hard. It was hard to kind of line them up. Um, I mean, Iron Man 3 has its redeeming qualities, but it's got to wind up there. And then it gets 
Dicey, I think it's very too subjective. Um, I love the Captain America movies, but everyone says the first one's terrible, and I think when people say that, it makes me want to strike them across the cheek, but, uh, yeah. So, I'll make another episode, I promise you guys, where I rank them and I list them and I make it cohesive that way. Uh, In real-life news, as I would pepper that in, at the end, uh, I'm taking parental classes or um, maternity classes. Or Clearly it's going well. <laughs> uh, it's like once a week, two hours, we learned about uh, the first one was like delivering and the baby and like how it's coming out of her body. And then the next one will be like the next step from there and so on for like four or five weeks. Because my wife's eight months pregnant and I will tell you from experience that that's both super exciting and really um, often I guess a little chaotic not in like the Warhammer chaos way but in the like one day she'll love something and the next day she'll hate it and I don't just mean me in the sense that like should be wearing Kevlar at all times because sometimes she just goes into a warpath on, on on very little reason but Food preferences, comfort preferences. Like, we leave the movie and she gets home. She's like, I don't even know if I can go to the movies anymore. I can't sit for that long. And, like, sometimes she wants it to be cold in the apartment, hot. Sometimes, like, all windows open, none of them. Sometimes she can smell, like, saber tooth. And then she's like, you need to throw out this sauce that's in the fridge in the next room. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Goodbye, <laughs> bolognese. So... Food, like, oh, how about I order us, like, Chinese, you love this. Like, I never want Chinese again. I hate it. It makes me throw up. And it's like, last week was bomb Chinese, but all right. Uh, And then, like, oh, I feel like chocolate. Like, okay, man, like, get your chocolate. And then, like, I'm so sick. Why did you let me have chocolate? (laughs) So, now I make fun, but she's wonderful. I love her. She's a trooper. Uh, Eight months. I can't imagine eight months of, like, abstaining from sushi that's everyone's always asked like oh would you do it in place of her if you could and like yes obviously I would love to bear that pain and that burden for her but the scariest part would be not having sushi because we go together and she's a trooper she gets like the stuff that's cooked and the stuff that's not raw fish but she'll still be like get what you want I don't mind and then like we'll crush a boat or two of sashimi and some choice maki um, I'm a big fan of the spider roll. I don't. I know a lot of the rolls sort of been westernized to the point that they have no real Japanese origin. But this is a deep fried soft shell crab, um, avocado, tobiko, which is like the roe. Some people put like a bit of a sauce in it of some kind. Had it both ways. Some have cucumber and mushrooms. Uh, I like it. Besides that sashimi, I'll have any and every sashimi that since I was a kid is my favorite food that and uh, pretty much any maki but I will I will fight you I will publicly fight you if you try to order sushi with cream cheese around me like there's not a lot of things you can do like we'll talk politics we'll talk religion I'll, I'll take some insults at good at good jested humor here and there but like oh a Philadelphia roll smoked salmon cream cheese and like a, I will fight you outside. I will take you to the front lawn and we will fight it out because don't fucking order that because don't encourage that. Who fucking thought of that? And as a Jewish person, I fucking know it was a Jewish dude. I know he was like, oh, I love bagels, I love cream cheese. Jews, Asians. Actually, historically, there's a really funny conversation at a summit and I think it was 1938. 
uh, I think it was just a like an econ summit and to a New York automotive head and a Japanese from like, like Honda or something were meeting and he mentioned because he was Jewish and a lot of the delegates were and the guys like the 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 Japanese he's like why do you guys uh, why do you guys like doing business with us and a lot of people at this time are kind of hostile towards the Jews and he's like no we love the Jews and he's like oh why he's like well we do we think we're like the Jews you know we're like the Japanese are like the Jews of Asia and everyone had a chuckle and it's historian <laughs> historians my favorite bird is the historian it's the bird I shapeshift into when I write the ultimate level history paper but no uh, historians really sort of looked at that a couple ways and it's funny to think it's it's not, it's not true in the sense of, like, the Jews have never aggressively conquered, colonized, and sort of, I won't get into the specifics of brutalities and stuff, but they never, like, enacted their will or anything on other people, but they're a very small, comparatively minority of people. They're very technologically, excuse me, and, and educationally advanced. They tend to be self-sufficient, and I, you can draw a lot of parallels to the state of Israel and, and modernity and to the Japanese sort of rise of, of industry post-war and everything. So that was just a funny quote. Um, as a Jewish dude obsessed with Japanese history, like since I was four, it's I've always like collected every scrap of common like J plus J world events. I had a framed uh, picture, <laughs> newspaper clip out from the Canadian Jewish News of a Japanese delegation that went to Tel Aviv and they brought like six really famous high-profile sumo wrestlers. Because that's like bringing like, um, you know, some NFL dudes you know, on a goodwill mission, like, just, uh, these are celebrities, they're here, they're chill, we'll take some photos, and the sumo wrestlers went to the Red Sea, and the look, sorry, the Dead Sea, <laughs> they went to the Red Sea as well eventually, but they went to the Dead Sea, and they got in, and the look on their faces in the photo is, like, such unbridled joy. It's so, like, genuine, not faked, like, absolutely beaming, amused, I would even say bemused smiles of just like, holy shit, this is so fun because you get to float. And as I'll tell you, it was like a bigger guy at like six something feet and at the time probably like 220 pounds or something. Like you float, you float like you're nothing in it and it is so fun. It stings all your cuts so badly and it will absolutely devastate your butthole if you fart in there. Don't even get me started about peeing and what it does to your shaft, but you float and if you keep your orifices shut, you have like the funnest time ever. <laughs> So I just had this photo of, like, a bunch of super giant sumo wrestler dudes, like, splashing around and, and like, uh, enjoying it in their, like, salty kimonos. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. It's one of my favorites. i got to find that picture. Uh, <laughs> but I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of what we do nowadays... Ooh, almost dropped my phone. A lot of what we do nowadays is those sort of fusion foods. And I feel like someone at some point was like, instead of salmon, we'll use smoked salmon. And what do you do with smoked salmon is cream cheese. And I I cannot think of a better example where people ask me, like, oh, they're two good things, so why can't they be good together? It's like cream cheese and smoked salmon is amazing. Sushi is amazing. Together you've created an abomination, and I hope you can go fuck off. I would, I would, I would pray that swift winds bring sense to your mind and if not, that ravens eat your eyes out for, for having made me look upon your abomination. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of ravens eating eyes for the amount of people that order that, I guess. I admire restaurants that take culinary risks, and I'm always a fan of seeing, like, oh, this is the Etobicoke roll, this is the Toronto roll, and it's got, like, this and that, but 
fuck off with using cream cheese. Asian cuisine, by and large, I mean, there's some exceptions with some South Asian dishes and some Chinese Buddhist dishes that are vegetarian. They don't use cheese, and cream cheese especially, and just, okay, just don't, guys. It's abhorrent to me. It's just the worst. Um, yeah. So she's eight months along. Well, Arthur's uh, definitely bulgy. Like, I'll put my hands there, and, like, like you can see, like, not necessarily, like, like a fucking alien xenomorph that it's, like, moving around, or, like, the scarab from... <laughs> the mummy, but it's like, you can see like a little dent or indent, sort of, uh, depending on where and what's going on, like an elbow or a knee or a head, like a little proportionate boob, like, tiny little push corresponding, uh, seems to enjoy going to the movies, which is nice, I don't know if it's the sound or there's vibrations or whatever it was, but... Yeah, so I guess I got like a month and a half, two months before uh, there's going to be a lot more baby and or baby noises in the podcast. <laughs> Trying to savor it while I can. We did like a tremendous furniture buy, so I'm getting like a new mattress, new bed. So I'm going to like sleep as much as possible. Go back to my teenage roots that way, if I can. Uh, I don't know about a lot of you guys, feel free to let me know, but I cannot go back to sleeping the way I used to. I wake up, like, instinctively now between, like, 4.30 to 6, depending on, like, what's going on, and, yeah. I don't know if that's a product of, like, forcing myself to wake up early for work for a consistent amount of time, or, like, I'll tell you, as a, as a high school student, and I get it, because at my work we have, like, a co-op student who's a third-year university student, like, <coughs> but I think, like, 20, like, one of those, like, straight from high school at 17 university, so a pretty young person, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm exhausted all the time in the morning, like, I could sleep until, like, 2, and say, like, yeah, you know, I miss that, I get up now, like, every day at 5.30, and they're like, oh, I could never see myself, and I'm like, oh, my God, I used to fucking say that, I know, I still can't see myself doing it, but you find a reason, and you find a way, and you find, well, I would say you find a necessity, but a necessity finds you, you find yourself needing to get things done, needing to live by a schedule that is usually not of your own design if it's that early, but eventually you adapt to it. And to its credit, especially in the summer, which I'm looking forward to because it's only been winter, you get so much extra time in the day and you get cold, dark time, which in the summer is a necessity. You get up at like 4.30 and if you want to exercise or if you just want to go outside or do whatever it is you want to do, Having that, like, hour or two when it's dark and cool and it's not, like, blazing hot summer sun, quite nice. Whereas in the winter, you're just, it's just more dark, more cold. <laughs> but, as I've said, you know, you find time to get things done in between the pages and such. I'm supposing I'm going to leave it there this time. Uh, it's, as I said, it's Friday. Just before St. Patty's, I'll probably give you guys another episode next week. Uh, I got some stuff going on the weekend. And as I said, there's uh, furniture, so if I succeed or fail to put that together, you can 100% expect to be filled in in an embellished story. <laughs> no. I tell it like it is. I'm actually, I tried to pay for them to assemble it, but I don't think it went through. Like, I don't think they offered it for the products I bought. So, yeah. Let's hope I assemble furniture better than Space Marines. 
All right, guys, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Adios.